is also called God's Word. In God's Word, we find wisdom and help to guide us through life. Do you want to know what God is like? How He thinks? How He feels? What He wants from you and for you? Then remember to always listen carefully to His words. Think about them and hide them in your heart. Thank you. 
singing about Jesus sure makes your heart feel happy. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible and Living Sound. Father, may I? I mean, do you mind if I don't go fishing with you today? Why, son, I thought you loved to go fishing with me. I do, but to see the people running up the shore? Oh, yes. Must be something exciting going on up there somewhere. I asked, and it's Jesus. He's there, going to talk and heal folks. Oh, and uh, you'd rather go up there and hear him than go fishing with me? May I, Father? All right. If your mother doesn't object. I'll ask her. May I, Mother? May I? You want to very much, don't you? Oh, yes. Yes, I do. Please, Mother? All right. Under one condition. What, Mother? That you behave properly, as we've taught you, and don't get in anyone's way. I will, Mother. I mean, I won't. I'll be good, Mother. Goodbye, Mother. I'll be back Come when... back here, young man. Uh, yes, Mother? Take this lunch with you. It's not much, just five barley wafers and two small fish. But it'll keep you from starving. Thank you, Mother. Goodbye. Be sure and save them until you're hungry. I will, Mother. People, I can't even get close to Jesus, and I, I can't push people out of the way. That's not nice. And anyway, I promised Mother I wouldn't. People, people, please be quiet, please, for a moment. There is too large a crowd for this location. The master has retired to a larger grassy place upon the mountainside. Go thither, and he will talk to you there. If I hurry, maybe I can get to the place close to Jesus. What's your hurry, my lad? I want to be near Jesus. It's a large place. All will be able to see and hear him. Oh. Your father? And Mother, are they not here with you? No, sir. Father had to go fishing. And Mother likes to be there when Father gets home. So your father's a fisherman. What will you be when you grow up? A fisherman. I'm a fisherman. You are? Well, I mean I was. Now I am a fisher of men. Fish for man? <laughs> we attract and try to catch the hearts of men and turn them toward God's kingdom. What, what bait do you use? Never thought of it like that before, my lad. But it's a good question. The answer, I'm sure, is love, compassion, faith, kindness. Yes. That is the bait Jesus uses. You know Jesus? Know and love him, lad. I love him too, but I don't know him. To love him is to know him. He is the personification of love. Uh, he, is that the way you know him? Just by loving him? I am one of his disciples. I notice that you... You are? I am one of 12 disciples. My name is Andrew. 
brother to Peter. I'm glad to meet you, sir. Jesus loves children and youth. He loves everyone, of course, but especially children and youth. I... I noticed that you're carrying a package. Yes, sir. Mother gave it to me. Five loaves of bread and two small fish to eat when I get hungry. Well, that's a good idea. (laughs) You have a thoughtful mother. (sighs) This is as close as I can get. Oh, well. I can see and hear him from here. Wish I'd come faster, so I... No, I don't either. I'm glad I met Andrew. He was so nice. Oh, pardon me, ma'am. You but used to hear by this bush. It'll be shady when the sun gets hot. I'll sit over here. Thank you, boy. That's a good, good boy. Must have come from good parents. So many young people these days are selfish and impolite and not at all the kind. And Jesus spake unto the multitude of the kingdom of God, and healed them that had need of healing. All day he ministered unto them. And when it began to be evening, Philip said unto the master, The people grow weary and hungry, master. Send them away that they may go into the towns and country round about to eat and lodge, for we are here in a desert place. Give ye them to eat? Give them what? Bread? Whence shall ye buy bread that so many as these shall eat? Oh, we can't, master, for two hundred pennyworth of bread is not sufficient for them, that all may take a little. I had forgotten, master, but there is someone here with foresight enough to bring along food that he grow not weary and weak from hunger. He is a lad. He has five barley loaves and two small fishes, but that is so little for so many to eat. Bring it hither, Andrew. Good evening, lad. Oh, greetings, Andrew, sir. Um, the five loaves of bread and the two fish. I see you have not as yet eaten them. Oh, no, sir. I was so busy listening to Jesus that I forgot to eat. Are you hungry? Do you wish to eat them? They aren't... Jesus wishes them, lad. Jesus? Jesus wants my fish and bread? If you wish to give them to him, yes. Oh, I do. I do. But they're such small loaves and fish, and I... I love Jesus. He can have anything I have. Everything. That is true love, lad. And your gift to Jesus, prompted by love for him, is noted in heaven. Jesus took the loaves and fishes, and when he had given thanks, he gave to the disciples and the disciples to the multitude, and they did eat. And when the multitude had eaten, the disciples gathered up what was left, twelve baskets full. Jesus! continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye.
Carlos. What are you looking for? My science book. The one with the picture of the moon on the front. How can you find anything in that locker? It looks like something exploded in there. Something did. My science project. By the way, how's your praying going? God still ignoring you? Actually, no. I did what you said and started listening after I pray. And I think he's given me some pretty good ideas. Like what? Well, last week, when my mom was sick, I asked God what to do to help her get better. And? And God gave me a really good thought. Let me guess. He suggested that you not bug her all the time and let her rest? Well, that might have worked too. But after I prayed, I thought about soup. Soup? Yeah, you know, soup. So I made some. You made your mother something to eat? Yep, I made her my famous Carlos stew. <laughs> you have a stew named after you? Yes, it's all natural ingredients and comes in a can labeled tomato soup. I just add my secret ingredient, and she loved it. Your secret ingredient being... Crackers. Carlos, that's tomato soup and crackers. There's nothing secret about that. Ah, but when I gave it to her, I whispered, Mom, here's some soup to make you feel better. I made it myself, and I love you. She smiled and said thank you. Soon, she got better and told me that my Carlos stew was the best medicine there is. Hmm, next time I get sick, you can make me some Carlos stew too. But you can leave out the I love you part. Just give me the soup. Jesus wants to be our friend. He's interested in everything we do and longs to be included in our lives. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with Him. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Bam, bam, bam came a backyard noise. Willie ran outside. His big brother Peter was marching with a toy drum. Bam, bam, bam. Can I be in the band, asked Willie. No, said Peter, you're not big enough. Besides, you don't have an instrument. Out came Daniel from next door blowing an old horn. Peter came first with a bam, bam, bam. Daniel followed with a ta-ra-ra, ta-ra-ra, and bam, bam, bam. And Willie wanted to be in the band. Willie ran to the porch. He looked in his toy box. He pulled out a cardboard tube and blew into it. Toot, toot, toot. Willie went to join the band. But Peter said, You can't play a cardboard tube in our band. Besides, you're not big enough to play in our band. Willie went back to the toy box. He pulled out his teddy bear. He put the tube in the teddy bear's hands. Then Sarah came to play. Ping, went her xylophone. Ping, 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 ta-ra-ra. Bam, bam, bam. And Willie wanted to be in the band. Willie pulled a little guitar out of his toy box. Thring, thring, thring. He went to join the band. But Peter said, We don't want a guitar in our marching band. Willie went back to his toy box. He took out his clown doll. He put the guitar in the clown's lap. Ting-a-ling-a-ling! Molly came playing her triangle. She came to march behind Sarah. Ting-a-ling-a-ling! Ting-a-ling-a-ling! Ping-ping-ping! Ta-ra-ra! Bam-bam-bam! And Willie wanted to be in the band. Willie dug into his toy box. 
He pulled out an old broken flute. He went to join the band. But Peter said, You can't play that. It's broken. Besides, you're too little for this band. Willie went to the porch. He took his stuffed monkey out of the toy box and stuck the flute in the monkey's hands. Crash, crash. Thomas came to play the cymbals in the band. Crash, crash, crash. Tingling, tingling. Ping, ping, ping. Tarara. Bam, bam, bam. And Willie wanted to be in the band. The band marched around the house. Crash, crash, crash. Tingling, tingling. Ping, ping, ping. Tarara. Bam, bam, bam. When they got to the backyard again, the band stopped. There in the backyard was another band. A monkey with a flute, a clown doll with a guitar, and a teddy bear with a cardboard horn. And Willie was pulling them in his wagon. Thomas ran to join the animal band. Crash, crash, crash. Molly ran to follow Thomas. Tingling, tingling. Sarah ran to follow Molly. Ping, ping, ping. Daniel ran to follow Sarah. Tarara. And Peter followed behind with a bam, bam, bam. Crash, crash, crash. Tingling, tingling. Ping, ping, ping. Tarara. Bam, bam, bam. And where was Willie? Willie was leading the band. I heard about old Noah Landing on the mountain top I heard about
boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Scared of the Moon by Thelma Lee Olander. Get up, Abe. Hurry. Can't you move faster? It's the end of the world and I've got to get home to Pa and Ma. Ida dug her heels into the sides of the old white horse and swatted him with a switch, but old Abe only seemed to move slower. He had been born tired, and as the years passed over his head, he had grown even more tired till his greatest speed was a slow walk. Nine-year-old Ida Holden lived on a busy farm with her mother and father and five brothers. Pa Holden was a religious man and tried to train his family in the way they ought to go. The world's coming to an end, he would tell them. It's going to burn with fire, and when it does, it will be the end for everyone. One afternoon in late spring, Ma said, Ida, go down to the pasture and call old Abe. I want you to go to town to take Aunt Sarah a pie. You can stay a little while and play with your cousins, but be sure you're back by supper time. There was no place Ida would rather visit than Aunt Sarah's. There were three girls there about her age. After dodging five brothers all day, or trying to keep up with their antics, it was a real treat to play dolls with the girls. Quickly, she ran to the pasture gate with a lump of brown sugar in her hand. Climbing to the top of the gate, she called the old horse, who loved to let the children ride on his back. Abe, she said, holding out the sugar, come up here. We're going to town. Abe raised his sleepy head, then sniffed the air and began his slow clop, clop, clop to the fence. She slipped a bridle over his head and the bit into his mouth. Opening the gate, she led him to a mounting block where she easily climbed onto his back. Ma came out of the kitchen door with the pie for Aunt Sarah and reminded Ida to be sure to be back by supper time. The sun was warm as Ida and old Abe went slowly down the long lane. Ida's excitement to see Aunt Sarah and her three cousins made the trip a happy one, and what fun the girls had that afternoon making dolls of corn cobs and dressing them in pieces of silk from Aunt Sarah's scrap bag. They played house, making the furniture of fresh green leaves and using broken pieces of china for their dishes. The afternoon passed so quickly that they were surprised when Aunt Sarah called, Ida, it's almost sundown. You must be going home. Getting her sunbonnet, she mounted Abe and waved goodbye. Then she turned old Abe's head toward home. The rays of the setting sun made the shadow of the horse very long, and Ida laughed as she watched it jog along beside them. But soon the shadow faded, and she felt a tight uneasiness grip her. Before long, it would be dark, and at the rate old Abe traveled, they would be on the road for quite a while before getting home. But the old horse knew every inch of the way, and his broad, familiar back was comforting to the girl on the lonely road. Then Ida saw a sight that chilled her. A great red ball of fire was skimming along the ground just where the earth and sky meet. As she watched it, the ball seemed to grow larger, coming closer. "'It's the end of the world!' she exclaimed out loud. "'God said he would burn it with fire, and here's the fire. Get up, Abe! Can't you move faster? It's the end of the world, and I've got to get home to Pa and Ma!' Ida dug her heels in Abe's fat sides, urging him to hurry, but the old horse was enjoying the sweet spring evening, carrying the little girl he loved, and saw no reason to move faster. Between her frenzied swats and pleadings, she cast fearful glances toward the ball of fire that by now was so large and so close that she imagined she could feel the heat of it. If she could just get home with Ma and Pa and her brother, she could face anything, but to have to meet the end of the world all alone on the big road was too much. 
Just as they reached the lane leading home, Ida took one more look at the ball of fire. It was now riding high above the earth and had lost its terrifying redness. It was the silvery full moon of May. It's only the moon. Why didn't I think of that? Ida exclaimed to Abe. Her relief made her feel limp, and she began to laugh shakily at her foolish mistake. Relaxing on old Abe's back, she gazed up at the face of the beautiful moon and said, Old man moon, you sure scared me, but I don't believe I'll tell anyone, for the boys would never stop teasing me. Arriving at the pasture gate, she slid off Abe's back, took off his bridle, and gave him a loving pat. This is our secret. I know you'll never tell it, and neither will I. As Ida entered the kitchen, she looked around the lamplit room that, to her, had never seemed so lovely. There was Ma stirring the gravy, the boys washing up for supper, and Pa sitting in the rocking chair holding baby Adam. Each face took on new meaning. A few minutes earlier, she had felt sure she would never see them again. Ma looked up and said, Well, Ida, I'm glad you're home. Here, you finish making this gravy while I get the other things on the table for supper. Some years later, Ida heard the true message of the Savior's coming and the end of the world. That took away her fear and made her want more than anything to see her Savior and live with Him. She began to anticipate rather than dread that day, assured that she would look into Jesus' face and exclaim, Lo, this is my God. I have waited for Him, and He will save me. The story you have heard today is from God's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. Podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh day Adventist Church. Let the children come, don't dare drive them away, and then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy, foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.